always best to get breastfeeding support before you have problems. And if you have access to a certified lactation counselor, you know, a CLC who's not necessarily the highest credentialed person on IBCLC, but they can see you like right now and you're not having problems. You just want to kind of ward off problems and get a separate set of eyes on your baby and make sure that they're looking well nourished, not dehydrated, checking to see if they think, you know, the baby's transferring enough. You don't have pain. That's a great place to start. However, if you are having pain with breastfeeding, if you think your baby may has any kind of complication, had a traumatic delivery, you're having low milk supply, had a traumatic delivery, any kind of complication, you know, people who are certified lactation counselors can absolutely be brilliant and geniuses and have gotten extra training and helping work through challenges related to tongue tie. Naomi Katron, former breastfeeding and perinatal health dud, turned into labor and delivery nurse and CEO and founder of a busy private lactation practice. Not very long ago, I lacked the skills, knowledge, confidence, and perspective to effectively care for families who desired to provide breast milk to their babies. And after spending lots of time, money, and heartache learning the most effective ways to support breastfeeding families... I decided I wanted to help other perinatal professionals and parents skip some of the heartache and feelings of uncertainty or insecurity and instead transform them into confident, equipped, and thriving providers and families. So I made the Birth, Babies, and Boob Business podcast, where I bring together my background as a labor and delivery nurse and a board-certified lactation consultant. On this podcast, I pull back the curtain and share little-known facts from across the perinatal profession in an effort to create more confident and collaborative professionals and families. Because let's face it, we are surrounded by a sea of information, but it's not always the right information for every situation. So if you want to step up your lactation knowledge and gain simple, actionable, and effective tools to improve breastfeeding success while helping to nurture and nourish future generations, and this is the place for you. So let's get started. Hey there. Ever wonder what a lactation consultant, what does that really mean? What does IBCLC mean compared to CLC or CLE or CBC or CBE? So today I call this episode Alphabet Soup of Lactation Consulting um, because we're going to jump in and talk about what those different initials and credentials mean so that you can make the best decision uh, for who you have supporting you and your clients through their lactation experience. And it really just depends on the individual experience, what their challenges are, where they live, what's available, what's covered. finances are something to consider. So I just figured I would take this time to demystify some of the things people may not know about the field of lactation consulting. Uh, In the future, I do hope to have one of my partners on here um, who's been a lactation consultant for over 30 years for her to discuss how the profession has changed. Um, But for now, I will go through what these different initials after our names mean. And what I first want to say right off the bat is 
it is much more important to work with a provider, a lactation consultant, who is specially trained to help you overcome the individual challenges that you have. For example, something specialized like induced lactation, which is someone who is not going to be experience a physical pregnancy, but it's going to be perhaps adopting or has a surrogate. And they would like to produce uh, breast milk and be able to lactate. It doesn't really matter what your initials are behind your name. It matters if the person you choose to work with has specialized training in that, because that is not something that's really covered in any of our certification or education courses in detail. We touch on it really briefly, but not in detail. So in that case, it doesn't really matter what the credentials are or initials are. It matters that the person is very experienced and educated on helping you with that thing, which is induced lactation. The same is true for tongue ties. The same is true for maybe if you're a pumping, an exclusive pumping mom or Using some a tool like a nipple shield or bottles, pacifiers, those are things that are not really taught or discussed in detail in any of our programs or education uh, curriculum. So it's important, important that you work with someone who has very specialized training in using those tools to help you meet your your goals. And so I just want to put that out there, even though I am a registered nurse um, and a lactation, cons- a board-certified lactation consultant, so I have the initials IBCLC after my name, in addition to RNC, which stands for Registered Nurse Certified. And so I have RNC-OB, which is I'm a registered nurse certified in inpatient obstetrics, so that's another national certification that, you know... I may not be the person that you call for induced lactation or for bottle refusal, let's say. That's that's not really covered in any of our coursework. That has to be skills taught or learned from extra or postgraduate training, I should say. So enough about that. I will jump into some of these letters here. Um, so CLC, CLE, all the things. I think it would only be suiting, you know, and appropriate for me to start with IBCLC. And so this is a board of certification, a board certified lactation consultant, international board certified lactation consultant. That is what IBCLC stands for. Currently, that is the highest credential you can have to be a lactation consultant. So if someone says they're a lactation consultant, you would probably want to ask, well, what kind are you? What kind of training do you have? What is your certification? And so this certification program is based on guidelines developed by the United States National Commission for Certifying Agencies. Um, We are the only lactation professional whose services can be reimbursed by insurance companies and that are recognized by the U.S. Surgeon General. So so depending on how you come into the profession, there's a couple different ways you can earn your education. And so Anywhere from 300 to 1,000 hours of clinical practice are required before you can be considered an IBCLC candidate. You also would have had to earn 90 hours of education in in, lactation-related courses, and you would have to pass uh, an examination administered by the 
International Board of Lactation Consultant Examiners, so the IBCLCE. You must also meet continuing edu- education requirements to uphold your certification. And so depending when you got recertified, that might mean retaking the exam, the board, the board exam. But starting in 2022, you don't necessarily need to retake the exam. You'll need to um, keep a record of continuing education credits. And so that is a short little continuing education part on what it is to be an IBCLC. So in short, um, an IBCLC usually takes between two and five years to complete that credentialing, to complete your education, to actually be able to even be qualified to sit for your board exam. You need 90 hours of lactation-specific education and 300 to 1,000 hands-on clinical hours even before you can submit your application to sit for your board exam. And the reason it's so wide of an hours is because if you're like a nurse, for example, and you already have lots of hours in the hospital, they're just requiring that you have a thousand, not just, but you need to have a thousand hours of providing lactation support. If you're a non-medical person, you need 300 hours of supervised lactation counseling and support in order for you to be qualified. So if you're a nurse, you can provide, like I'm a labor nurse, so I do lactation support unsupervised and supervised. So that's where the thousand hours comes in. If you're not in a medical field, you can work, let's say for WIC, and you would have 300 hours of supervised. So having another IBCLC with you on all of your hours, um, basically like a mentorship or uh, preceptorship. So that's what that would look like. Um, They do need an IBCLC 8 needs eight college-level courses and six continuing education classes um, to qualify to sit for the board exam. Um, And so that is the gist of becoming an IBCLC in regards to the education. When it comes to the next set of credentials that are really popular, it would be CLC or Certified Lactation Counselor. And so that usually takes, you can do that In a few months, um, that training, it's 45 hours of education compared to the 90 hours that the IBCLC requires. And there is no requirement for hands-on clinical hours. Um, That person can take an online course to get their education um, as opposed to needing to take some college-level classes. A lot of people who have a CLC, though, are like dentists or pediatricians, someone who's already had um, some medical training. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. You can be a, a doula or you can be a person who really wants to help other people with breastfeeding challenges but maybe doesn't have the time or resources or who's already done college but in a whole different Like I went to school for liberal arts the first time I went to college. So it could be someone like that. You don't need to have a certain level of college level courses to get your CLC, though. You're usually qualified to work in any breastfeeding center, uh, in a community setting. Um, You can work counseling and management in regards to supporting families who are thinking about breastfeeding. You can help answer questions. You can help um, troubleshoot problems during the course of lactation. 
lots of really great um, ways to use that skill of being a certified lactation counselor. And so when we go over to CLE, Certified Lactation Educator, that is the same kind of requirement. It's 45 hours of education, um, one online or in-person class. And then they can, let's see, they can work in programs. They can be private or they can be public organizations. There's different kinds of standards. They're qualified to teach families about preparing for their baby to come, how lactation works. Um, physiology, common challenges to expect, and other general lactation support. So it is a educa an educator-type role. It's not necessarily primarily hands-on or troubleshooting, and it's not necessarily the person that has the most experience getting in there when things get challenging. They're, they're really great at prenatal consultations and working in community settings, working with pregnant families, helping them to achieve goals and get ready for breastfeeding and get ready for the arrival of their baby. There's some other little um, acronyms that, or letters, I guess you might wonder about. One is called uh, LEC or LE, that stands for Lactation Educator, Lactation Educator Counselor. LECs. And so they're typically health professionals who have received five days of on-site or online training and education. And they complete periodic testing. So if you work at the hospital, you have like annual um, competencies you must take. So little online tests or learning modules that you'll take. Um, and so, you know, that I... I I don't necessarily remember if when I was a labor nurse, if I had this credential or not, but I do know that we did training because we were trying to be uh, a baby friendly hospital. And so we did training for at least a couple of days. Um, and even still, when I went to go study for my board exam to be an IBCLC, I just had no idea how much I didn't know. But this uh, certification or this <clears throat> credentialing LEC is a fantastic place to start, like if you're a health professional and you really want to learn more about breastfeeding support, this is just a really great place to start. It's really just wonderful. And I'm glad that it's really available. And it's really easy to find places that will provide this education. When I say easy, I guess that's a very subjective term, but it is, um, there are just more areas and more places that provide this education. Um, CPC is another letter that you'll hear that stands for Certified Breastfeeding Counselor. CBCs are nurses who are also counselors and educators in lactation management. So they do counseling. They don't really do hands-on breastfeeding, troubleshooting, or management. So they are all about the education and counseling. Um, they're great for phone triage. They're great for prenatal consults. They're great for asking questions about how to know if my baby's getting enough, when to get extra help, when to call the pediatrician. I think those are like the main general acronyms. WIC is also something you should be familiar with. That stands for Women, Infants, and Children. And they have a peer counselor program. And it's available. Usually all WIC programs should offer a peer counseling support service. And they encourage breastfeeding and support the needs of families that are in their community. So what that means is... You can visit a WIC office. Some places, depending on the state, require you for, to be receiving a WIC benefit in order for you to take advantage of their lactation counselors. And some 
allow the community to come in for breastfeeding support. And what you should know is some of these offices have one IBCLC and lots of peer counselors, and some have no IBCLCs, and they're all peer counselors. And a peer counselor is a person who has a very strong interest in helping support breastfeeding people, but they do not have, there's no requirement for them to have a um, curriculum, a certain amount of hours of schooling, um, or a certain credentialing by a higher board that's all managed within the WIC program, which is a federally funded program that is rolled out on the state level. So depending on your state, the, the requirements will be different. WIC also is, what you should know, is one of the largest distributors of formula to our communities. And so whatever you take with that, good, bad, or ugly, you should just know that that is part of their program to make sure, they're trying to make sure that the people collecting WIC have options and resources for ways to feed their baby. And so they do provide counselors to help troubleshoot and answer questions for people who want to breastfeed. Um, Pretty basic support. Anything that is more complex could benefit from a referral to a another kind of lactation consultant. So hopefully I haven't offended too many people today. Um, but what I do want you to know in summary is, as always, an ounce of prevention is always worth a, p- a pound of cure. And so it's always best to get breastfeeding support before you have problems. And if you have access to a certified lactation counselor, you know, a CLC who's not necessarily the highest credential person on IBCLC, but they can see you like right now and you're not having problems. You just want to kind of ward off problems and get a separate set of eyes on your baby and make sure that they are looking well-nourished, not dehydrated, checking to see if they think, you know, the baby's transferring enough. You don't have pain. That's a great place to start. However, if you are having pain with breastfeeding, if you think your baby may, has any kind of complication, had a traumatic delivery, you're having low milk supply, had a traumatic delivery, any kind of complication, you know, people who are certified lactation counselors can absolutely be brilliant and geniuses and have gotten extra training and helping work through challenges related to tongue tie. And so that is for sure real. Um, just depends on their background. It's important to know that an IBCLC will have hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand hours in hands-on clinical training. In addition to college-level courses, it does not always mean that they're better than a CLC who has not, uh, but it does generally mean that they, off the bat, are starting off in a place with a little more uh, a foundation with more education and experience under their belt than the other professions or the other credentials. But that little race, that little, you know, if you stop there as an IBCLC, you can quickly get outpaced by any of the other uh, lactation counselors that are out there if they have continued to get post-graduate training to become gurus at pumping and um, induce lactation, tongue ties, body work, tummy time, um, oral function, hormones, and breastfeeding. So, so those are all things that you should know are not necessarily covered in the IBCLC coursework, but they are things that we can all go and seek after 
in our postgraduate training. And so I hope this is helpful to you. Um, I do want you to understand that not all of the letters behind people's names necessarily mean that they have lots of experience in offering hands-on lactation support. And so just take that with a you know, however you like to make your decision and who you're going to have support you. But I think it's important for you to know that more complex issues usually could benefit from someone um, who has the highest level of training and experience with your individual challenge. So I hope that makes sense. I hope it's not too vague. I hope it didn't affect, you know, offend too many people out there. Very hard to discuss the different credentials, but you might consider it looking like nursing. You have your registered nurse, you have your LPN, you have your CNA, and then you have your medical assistant. So, you know, MA for medical assistant, um, CNA for certified nursing assistant. They're not passing out medications. They are helping people in the hospital get to and from the bathroom, making sure they're safe, clean. They're taking vital signs. Your LPN or your LVN, um, licensed vocational nurse, they can do a lot of the things that a registered nurse can. They don't have to have a bachelor's degree in nursing. Um, they have to be overseen by a registered nurse for certain things that they are going to do. They usually are not able to do the initial assessment on a patient. That would we need to get done by a registered nurse. And then the registered nurse can pass on or delegate responsibilities to the LVN or LPN. Um, and then you have the registered nurse who functions um, independently in a nursing capacity under a PA, a nurse practitioner, or a doctor, does not have prescriptive authorities. And so looking at these different credentials, that's how you would also look at an IBCLC, a CLC, Certified Lactation Counselor, and a CLE or a CLE or like any of those certified breastfeeding counts or CBC. So I hope that helps and hopefully didn't confuse you any more than you were already. Um, but that is all I have for you today. I hope that is helpful. Um, and we are more than happy to answer any questions. Just uh, leave us a message at info at milkdiva.com. And I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks for listening. To learn more about newborn feeding and get your free swipe file, visit milkdiva.com forward slash newborn feeding. And if you've ever said, wow, I wish I would have known that while you're listening to this podcast, then help a friend out and share this podcast with them. Um, you can also help us by leaving us a rating so more people can benefit from finding this podcast. Medical disclaimer. Please know that all opinions expressed on this podcast are solely my own and not intended to substitute the advice of a medical provider. I am not a medical doctor and all information shared is intended for your general knowledge and is geared towards full-term healthy singleton infants and healthy low-risk pregnant or postpartum women. Mm-hmm.